0: Hey, I'm Leo Johnson. Hey, I'm Tim Moore. And we're your hosts. This is the Return of the StashMyComics dot com podcast. After, Finally. Yeah. After how many months, Tim? Uh, I think over a year. Yeah, it's been a while, but we're bringing it back. We're we're reviving a couple of things. That's right. That's right. Good things never go away. <laughs> yeah. Not for long, anyway.
1: Mm-mm.
0: All right. So, you know, what, what have we been up to this week? The uh, uh the Guardians of the Galaxy casting, or not the casting, the trailer came out this week.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've watched that trailer, I don't know how many times. I, I think uh, over a hundred is safe to say. <laughs> and my
0: kids watch it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I take it you're pretty you're pretty amped for the movie then?
2: Oh, I felt about it. I, I think that uh, this is the uh, most anticipated movie of the summer it's a, it's a bunch of c and d list characters that nobody has ever heard of before uh, that have been put into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everybody is excited about it yeah. I, I've never, I mean the, the buzz on Twitter is, is all about it is. and and the Tom Jones song uh, went through the roof on iTunes
0: I mean I, I don't think I'm quite as excited as a lot of other people are <laughs> but just the fact that the movie to the Big Draws are a talking raccoon and a giant plant man, it's pretty insane.
2: <sighs> oh, my
0: God. Uh, Rocket
2: Raccoon looks a- amazing. I-, I mean, he looks spectacular, the-, the CGI that they've done for him. And uh, Groot, uh, with, with Vin yeah. Diesel as the voice, uh, I- I- I've heard uh, from interviews and-, and things like that that, uh, Group's only words are I am grouped, and Vin Diesel was able to portray that in such a way that when he says I am grouped, can, you can tell kind of how he feels, what type of emotions they're going through. So we'll see. His acting abilities aren't exactly uh, that of the Tom Cruise's or the Sylvester Stallone's. Uh, Vin, <laughs> Vin Diesel was the
0: voice actor for the Iron Giant in in you know, the film The Iron Giant. What yeah, did the we, Iron Giant say? I don't don't think he says much I mean, he mostly does yells and stuff, but (laughs) I'm just saying, Vin Diesel has been able to give characters who don't really talk some good emotion. Right, absolutely. Like Triple X. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
2: But to get back to it, the fact that, uh, I mean, Star Lord, Drax, the Destroyer, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, uh, Gamora uh, and going into Thanos' daughter, she's yes. going to be in it as well. As the Nova Corps uh, it's, its mind-blowing what they're what they're putting into this and what they're alluding to. The, the big thing that I'm concerned with is how Guardians is going to fit into the grand scheme of things. Because I mean, like with with Phase One, it was all about the Avengers, you know, and it was all about building the Avengers. Now that the Avengers have come and they save the world from the Chitauri or whatever. We've seen what happened with Tony Stark and Iron Man 3. We've seen what happened with Thor and Loki and, and Thor to The Dark World. And now we we know what's going to take place, I mean, for the most part, with Captain America. But where does Guardians sit in all you know, this? That's the main thing that it has in, uh
0: in In the recent Marvel comics, I know Tony Stark basically went on a sabbatical into space and, you know, talked to the Guardians and all that. So, so, maybe they were setting up some sort of larger meet up with the comics before the movie came out. Very possible. I know that on WWE they've got Batista back in the ring again,
2: trying to push his popularity, getting him ready.
0: For I the the Batista's an interesting choice because personally, I you know if you had to go with a wrestler, why not The Rock? You know?
2: Well, I don't think he's draft
0: material
2: though. Really? Like no, I I don't. See, it, I I've always seen The Rock as Black Adam. I've never seen him.
0: As I I can I can get behind the Black Adam. I can get behind that a lot, actually. But I mean, if I I mean, what what is Drax? A giant, muscly fighter guy, right? He can pull it up perfectly. He doesn't have to say a whole <laughs> lot of <but> menacing <it's laughs> and, and not really
2: put a whole lot of
0: effort into it. Go kill that Drax.
2: Ah. Off he
0: goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you have a point there, yeah. But no, I, I do like The Rock as Black Adam, I like that.
2: Yeah, it, it was rumored for a long time that the Shazam movie was going to come out and that The Rock was was in the running for Black Adam. He was really pushing it, but it just kind of fell through to the wayside.
0: If, if DC won't even make a Wonder Woman movie, then like I can't see them making a Shazam movie. When he well, barely had a comic in the last ten years.
2: Well, yeah, and and with the way that he looks in the New Fifty Two with the hood and stuff yeah. like, I'm
0: not entirely pleased with that. Yeah, I I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge huge Captain Marvel fan. What do you think of the hood? I mean, uh, I don't like it. I don't I don't like it that he has the hood. I don't like it that he ha- that he is, that they officially changed his name to to Shazam.
2: Right, because Shazam is the acronym for the guy
0: that he and, has to talk to. And Shazam's the wizard in the original right. series.
2: Right. There,
0: there, there's a lot I don't like about it. <laughs> but uh, because because an old Captain Marvel reprint was my very first comic that I ever read when I was like five. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so that like that's my character. That is my character. <laughs> He's the one that you grew up with. He's the one that brought you into the world. Yeah. And so, like, whenever I get commissions, it's either Captain Marvel or Gus from Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth. Hence the picture that you got when you went to uh, Wizard World in the world. Yeah. Right on. And so I just have, like, sitting in front of me right now on my wall, I have, you know, some of like, my commissions, and it's all just Captain Marvel or Gus, everything. Wow.
2: I've got this poster that that uh, is in my room that, that I'm looking at. It's a zero month poster, hence Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman crashing through the cages. And in the lower left is a picture of the new Shazam.
0: And um, it, there, there's just a lot I don't like about it, but that, that's... That's for another podcast. Yeah, that's for another time, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's
2: worth mentioning, uh, at least,
0: that uh,
2: one of the greatest minds in comedy passed away. Yes. Uh, the great Harold Raymond,
0: otherwise known as Egon, from Ghostbusters. And, I mean, he was, uh, I think I read, 69. So, I mean, he's really not even yeah. that terribly old. No, I mean,
2: the, the list of things that he's done is... Everybody's seen it. I mean, you can take Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Groundhog Day, uh, I And yeah. it just goes on and on and on. Bedazzles, even. I, I don't know if people think about that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it's, it's a sad day in the world of comedy that Harold uh, Ramis passed away. He will be missed. He was a favorite actor of
0: mine. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all Twitter has been since it was since it you know got out. It was just people you know just talking about what the movies meant to them. Yeah.
2: Speaking of that, uh, me and my brother-in-law were talking about uh, Groundhog Day uh, not too long ago, about a week ago, and, and we. Apparently there's this whole subculture of just how long Bill Murray was in the time loop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and Harold Ramis even said uh like it was like forty or fifty years or something like that. But this one guy I, I can't remember his name or where the blog is that he did this on, but uh he took every instance that Bill Murray uh did during the movies, like during the time loop, and how long it would take on average to learn how to to do things
0: like play the piano? Or yeah, yeah, I, I believe playing. I read that. It's really yeah. interesting. He
2: he said he was in the in in the time loop
0: for for like five hundred years
2: or some some astronomical number that he just continued to do this stuff over and over and over again.
0: Mhm. People have too much time piano. Yeah, they they definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> which brings us to why we're doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this for the masses.
0: Yeah, all all two of you right now.
2: Right? There you
0: go. And it's not counting my kids that are no doubt pressed against the door, which means every word I
2: think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what they think. Uh, well, they never tell me, so... I don't know. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably best. <this. laughs> they're
2: not allowed in here. This is where all my comic books are stored, my magic cards.
0: Nice. My posters. Nice. Yeah. All, right. Right, all right. So, what about uh, what about our news for the week? What what do we got? There, it's been a pretty decent week as far as everything goes. Well, I mean, uh, they released a new
2: international trailer for The Amazing Spider-Man, which which I'm beyond stoked about.
0: Uh, I, I still haven't seen the first one, so I'm kind of... Yeah. Well, we need to pause the podcast right now. So and just come back in no, two hours? Yes. <laughs> and I, I I don't go to the movies often at all, and I'm really bad about... Like, I don't watch movies for some reason. Well, I, I made the mistake of getting my wife hooked
2: on cinematic 3D like we went uh, the first 3D movie she ever saw, not red and blue 3D. uh four. Yeah. Uh, okay. We paid the money for that, got the glasses and everything. And after we were done with that, she looked at me in all seriousness
0: and she said, "We will never watch another 2D movie again." Oh my gosh! <laughs> and your wallet cried out in pain. My
2: heart screamed in joy. My wallet trembled.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and 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 then way... We saw Captain America in 3D, we saw the Avengers in 3D, I got pictures of uh, opening day, I mean, that's the line without the door, we were stuck in the center. And they kind of take us to what our first piece of news would be, the Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah, uh, which is interesting, but I think that's largely because they're saying it's going to be based on the ultimate Fantastic Four. I
2: hope so. I was talking about that. My brother-in-law is my boy. He's, he's the one that I can talk to about this stuff. Mm-hmm. When I talk to my wife about it, she looks at me and, and she says, without missing a beat, well, at least I'm pretty, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, I mean, okay. Here's, here's my thoughts on this. Okay. I have no idea who the actors are. I, I mean, um, I've, I've seen... Michael B. Jordan uh, in the trailers for *Chronicle*. I've never seen *Chronicle*. Uh, the other uh, three, I have no clue who they are, so I so I can't talk about their acting prowess and how good they're going to be. What I can talk about, though, is the the 50 plus years of history that is the Fantastic Four. You know, and the the key part of that is, is the four. Ben and Reed were best friends in, in college in the Ultimate Book. Yeah, they were best friends of high school, and then it just kind of went from there. Uh, but, but in both universes, in the Ultimate universe and the 616 universe, Johnny and Sue were brother and sister. You know, how can you alter that? That, that's like a central part of the story, and if you change that, then you have to change everything. You know, you, you have to. <sighs> You have to rewrite Johnny Storm. And and it doesn't matter if he's black or if he's white or if he's green or yellow. I don't care about that. What I care about is is paying homage to what you're trying to put on the screen in the first place, you know? Not making a a prominent character a different color just for the sake of doing
0: it. I mean, if not... Completely unreasonable that they could be brother and sister because I mean you have adoption, just step brothers, whatever, you know. Yeah. So I mean I, I'm sure they'll be related. That's, but if anything, like just from, because I I I know who Michael B Jordan is and I kind of know who Kate Mara, who's going to be Sue Storm is, and yeah. I'm vaguely aware of the other two. My 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 big thing is the guy that that's cast as Grim. Ben he Grimm. No, no, he doesn't look like the thing. <laughs> He's—I mean—he's too pretty. He doesn't even look like Ben Grimm. No, he's too pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ben
2: Grimm is the big, jock of the dude that overpowers, and there's a teddy bear underneath. But on the outside, he's from Yancy Street. I mean, yeah. the problem there—it's made him, it's given him a hard exterior. This guy looks like
0: a—he's crying a snowball. I mean, he looks like he should be Reed Richards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm sure their acting chops will prove us wrong. I don't know. I've heard they're all actually pretty good actors in own right. Well, I it, in the same vein, I've heard rumors,
2: rumors, that they're talking about making Dr. Doom a woman.
0: Yeah, I- I've read that
2: too. <sighs> From the start, I'm not happy about this. I'm not a crying fanboy or anything like that, but I like my soup at certain temperatures, you know. <laughs> and and when you change that, I can conform to a point, like like with the casting of Johnny Swan. As long as he keeps the integrity of the character, then then I'll be okay with it. I, I can look past the fact that they're not related as brother and sister. But when you change their arch villain. Doctor Doom, the, the ruler of Latveria, former best friend of Reed Richards, and all-around jerk, into a, something that he's not. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it just needs to go back to Marvel. 20th Century Fox needs to let it go and let Marvel take it back so it can be done right.
0: The, the thing with Doom is that he's he's as integral to the to the Fantastic Four story as any of the other yeah. members are. More so. Uh, yeah, right on par with the team itself. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, he—they have to capture that relationship between Doom and Reed. They have to be able to capture that just—that just, that just right. pride and arrogance and just driving force that is him. That that's like the whole thing with uh, Michael Bay wanting to make the
2: Ninja Turtles alien. Yeah, the the fans screamed at that, and and. Because of that, I think that was a big reason why they changed it. And, and I, I'll, I'll keep my fingers crossed for this,
0: but but that's about the time. I don't know. I mean, I I I would be okay. Like I said, I would be okay with a female Doom as long as they captured that that relationship, that that interplay between him and the team, or between her and the team, I guess. <laughs> See already. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, I, I did read you know, it's all just speculation, but but a Nihilist, that would be a pretty cool, doing, oh, a if, cool villain. If, if they're doing the ultimate storyline, that, that, that's a
2: step in the right direction. Uh, even though there's a whole bunch of history in the six one six universe,
0: the ultimate storyline is fresh, it's new, it's rich. And I mean it honestly kinda of makes sense because the ultimate is sort of what Marvel's doing with the Avengers and all. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And Annihilus in the ultimate storyline was amazing. I loved it. That was one of my favorite arcs. That, that's like the the third story arc in, in the entire run of the series, I believe. And and I think Millar was writing at that time. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure... I, he yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, and and that's when he, he did the Island storyline. He brought in Marble Zombies. Oh, God. So... <laughs> moving on. Um... Uh, Number two, we're looking at a uh, college in mm. South Carolina is coming under fire over the summer uh, for including a homosexually-themed comic book called Funhouse. Uh they, they put it as recommended reading for incoming freshmen, uh, and because of that, the state may cut up to $52,000 from their annual budget.
0: Yeah.
2: I'll let you go with your thoughts on this
0: first. Okay. One. I, I'm not familiar with the work, but but the fact that it was recommended and not required really makes it a lot different, regardless of anyone's views. Right. Because the, these kids were completely free to pick it up or not. So I, I really don't think that the government is within their rights, that the state is within their rights to withhold 50,000 bucks from the school. And I like the quote at the bottom where... Uh, you know, where, where the, where another senator is talking about the fact that there are now people in the state government who are basically putting their beliefs on an entire college. Yeah. Like,
2: like they're, they're saying that uh, the college is pushing a gay agenda. uh Forcing a form of pornography on its students. I disagree with that a thousand percent. I, I've never read the book. I've read the synopsis for the book. Um, and what it's about is the story of uh, Allison... I, I'm going to butcher the last name. I believe it's Begdor. Begdor. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about uh, a closeted father uh, having to go through life like that. And, and it's supposed to be a really touching and uh, emotional portrayal of the life they had to go through. <sighs> okay. <laughs> recommended reading is recommended. Recommend it, and there's got to be a really good reason why they recommend it. They yeah. can't, they can't just recommend, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet for you to read without having a pretty good reason for you to do that. Is, is it culturally significant? Absolutely. I mean, as far as Funhouse is concerned, you know, because of what, what the the, the state of everybody's being is going through. I mean, this is. Right in our faces, this is here. What, what, whatever side you're on, whether
1: it's for or
2: against, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, recommended is recommended. And and pornography, that, that's kind of a harsh word, you know, because my version of pornography and your version of pornography are probably different. But I, I don't see it, a book that, that talks about what a family had to go through as. Pornography. unless there's blatant intercourse in the book, then it's a little different. But even then, all these kids in college, they're 18 or older, they're old enough to make their own decisions whether they want to pick up the book or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they won't see worse things at college.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) But uh, um, pushing an agenda, I I don't see it as pushing an agenda. I see it as culturally significant and I see it as, as Part of part of what's going on right now. Is this something
0: that that people need to see? I agree. I mean, it's completely relevant. It's completely relevant. Everything that's going on in the country right now, with so many states passing you know laws one way or one way or the other about gay merits. I know this
2: is kind of off topic, but it's kind of not. But it's like
0: whatever state
2: uh, I think it's Arizona uh, passed the law that said that. Uh, Businesses were allowed to yeah. choose whether they could or couldn't or did or didn't want to serve gay people. Did we not go through civil rights in the 60s? Did we not go through that? Did our parents not go through this exact same thing so that way we, we can learn from our mistakes? Yeah. I understand religious freedom and all that jazz. I'm a Christian from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. But I tell
0: you what, if you want to love
2: who you want to love, that's
1: cool.
0: Very, very well put. Very well put. <laughs> <laughs> People get too
2: worked up in things. And they need to take a step back and they need to look at what they're doing. Yeah, I, I agree. You put, you put that well. What, what they're doing is not what things were intended for. Yeah.
0: But anyway. <laughs> uh So, okay, I know we had a couple others that we sort of glanced at this week you want to talk about those? Or do you just want to head straight into the reviews.
1: Uh well, I mean, there, there might
0: be some people that are interested in the heroes. Region. Yeah. I watched the
2: first season. I, I wasn't too involved in the series. I know uh, Jeff Lowe was a, a show coordinator for it, a, a writer, or one of the main producers. I don't know if he's coming back or not, but uh, I don't know. There, there's there's a little bit of buzz about it. Nothing that that really sparked my interest. The thing that I am interested in, though, is uh, the deal that Marvel made with Netflix. With uh,
0: Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil. and They got Luke Cage series, too, don't they? The Defenders? Yeah, The Defenders, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We should see that uh, next year, if I'm not mistaken. I know that's old news. So. Yeah, but no, it's, it's interesting, though. It's interesting seeing those... I mean, because Luke Cage is... You know, a, a, B, a B-list a hero at best, really, when you think about it. The the first episode of Shield tease that
2: so hard. And then to show it as the guy who eventually becomes Deathlock. Spoilers. Um <laughs> <sighs> I, I I I'm not politely right now. But but it's cool because I like Deathlock. Deathlock was a favorite of mine in the nineties.
0: And uh speaking of the nineties you wanna talk about our first review for the week for in in the pool <laughs> list, the review segment the review segment the pool list?
2: The the book that I had high hopes for and then kind of crashed into the run.
0: Yeah, th- this was your pick. Yeah. Okay. So for this week's pool list, uh we chose two
2: books. I chose a mainstream title and you chose an inch title. Uh kinda get of, kinda of to give everybody the taste of both worlds. Um and, and my first choice uh, was The Punisher, Mr. Archie. Now, now, I was saving this for a back-issue-bin review, and I probably should have done it there, but, but we'll do it here. Uh, it's written by uh, Matt and Lash, artwork by John uh for Marvel and Dan Goldberg for Archie. Uh, published uh, in cooperation by Marvel and Archie. Basically, the whole premise is is that uh, The Punisher is Chasing after some guy in the beginning of the book, shooting at him, whatnot. The guy's dodging bullets and all that stuff. And, and through a hail of gunfire, uh, this guy uh, eventually makes his way to a train station. And out of all the choices he has to pick, Gotham being one of them, he chooses Riverdale and is uh, on his way to Punisher, fast on his heel. And then you go into Archie. Uh, he's knocking on Veronica's door getting ready to go to some sort of sock-off in Riverdale. Typical Archie stuff, you know. He's, he's
0: a yeah. innocent
2: teenager. Uh, Leroy, uh, Veronica's cousin, soaks him with the super soaker. Archie retaliates with the hose. But instead of hitting Leroy, he hits Veronica. Veronica gets mad, slams the door in Archie's face. Archie's left without his date, so he trusts on his barren way. Uh, off in the background, as Archie walks off, uh, there were, some sort of a menacing vehicle kind of following Archie, and then it just kind of goes from there. Now, here's my viewpoint on the book. It is severely dated. (laughs) But but it's fun. It's a fun read. It's a fun book. If you're a hardcore Punisher fan, you may not like it so much, but if you are a hardcore Archie fan, you can see the humor in it. Uh but uh the artwork is good. Uh it represents uh each side uh fairly well. Uh the Archie side to me is, is a little more recognizable. Uh Stan Goldberg's artwork obviously is Archie or was at that time. Uh John Hassemu uh, it seems to me it was just like some dude that Marvel grabbed to do uh their artwork. But regardless of that, uh the integrity is there, if not a little more. Archie side than the Punisher side because obviously the Punisher can't kill anybody in Riverdale. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's fun. It, it's fun to see Archie and the Punisher meet up, watch Archie sweat as the Punisher mistakes him for somebody that looks like him, and then it just kind of goes into chaotic fun from there. Like, This is the book that you have to suspend disbelief on in order to enjoy. You <laughs> You can't be a hardcore Marvel fan and read it and be like, well, that's crap, and then toss it to the side. But, uh, all in all, it's a cult classic. And for whatever reason, only diehard fans are going to want this book. To everyone else, it's a product of the product Doesn't Die. I give it a five for story, a seven for artwork, mainly for the Archie artwork. So overall, it's just about a six out okay. ten.
0: I, uh, yeah, I agree with the fact that it's very dated. 'Cause I, I believe the I believe the only thing I said when you're like, How'd you like it was it's definitely a nineties book <laughs> <laughs> Well the all cat
2: BS was kind of misleading then.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a nineties book. Yeah. But, but uh, was, oh good. It's I mean like you said, it's it's interesting to see those two characters who have no right ever being in a book together interact. <laughs>
2: The one thing I did like, though, was uh, that it wasn't exactly a shared universe because, like, uh, when when the Punisher was asking Microchip what he knew about Riverdale, Microchip was like, "I don't know anything." So yeah, it, yeah, like that town wasn't supposed to exist, and and that's what kind of took the Punisher back when he got into Riverdale and saw what him and his family could have had, you know. That, that was like one of the few deep moments in the
0: book that, that it actually felt like a Punisher comic book. Yeah, okay. that that uh, that page where he's looking at the you know the father and son and the yeah. wife walking down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that, uh, sorry, that was, continue. Uh, oh no, that that was just like the the one part that you're like, okay, I'm reading a Punisher comic. Yeah, it it's just kind of goes. And, and like you said, the art definitely—you know—definitely you know, definitely on the Archie side. Like that's Archie. That's what he looks like. That's—that's that's what you think of when you think about Archie. It's that style? But it was interesting to see that style right next to the grim and gritty Punisher on the same exact page in the same panel. Oh, it was seamless. The, the it, it was interesting. Worked together,
2: yet. It yeah. It Was done really, really well. And <laughs> and that's another scoring point for the
0: book. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was interesting, but but like I said, ultimately it's just sort of you know it's a '90s book. Unless you're just really into either one of them, you just it, don't dig it that much. It, it is a product
2: of its time, where where everybody had to cross over with everybody else, and the one crossover that
0: probably never should have happened happened. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I said, they had no right being in the same book. No, no, but but it was but it was tongue
2: in cheek, and and that. Kind of the appeal.
0: Of it. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, but so I, I, sorry, continue. Oh, let's let's get to Dave. Okay, Dave. Yes. Okay, so Dave. Dave was my pick. Oh my god! It's uh, it's by writer Ryan Ferrier, artist Valentin Ramon or R- Ramon rather, yeah. and uh. And publisher Monkey Brain, which is a digital-first publisher that goes through Comicsology for anyone who doesn't keep up with all that. And okay, so quick rundown on Dave is: at some point, robots have overthrown humanity, killed everyone, taken over the planet. Beyond that, like they
2: they wiped out the entire universe.
0: Yeah, they. After they take over Earth, they decide... After they take over Earth, aliens start invading. They stop the aliens, so they think, well, let's go kill everything, then we're good to go. Yes. And Dave is a former soldier. He's a former defense bot. His entire job for years and years and years is just killing stuff.
2: Was, was saving the world.
0: Yeah, just saving the world, killing aliens, journeying in the far-off places. Yes. And now he's... A you know he's a pencil pusher. He's got a nine to five at, at Earth Power. His yeah. his boss hates him and reminds him on several occasions just how much he hates him. I hate you, Dave. I I need you to know this. That <laughs> that the <laughs> fact that he has a line like that every single issue is my favorite thing um, in the entire world. <laughs> I, I you're worthless. Thing. I need you to know this. Yes, I I love I uh but yeah. So it was good. And and so, you know, Dave hates his life. He's got a dead-end job that he hates. His boss hates him. He hates his boss. <laughs> his marriage is kind of stagnant. He has a kid now he doesn't even want. That they
2: ordered.
0: Yeah, that they ordered, and they got his kid shipped to him. And he, he doesn't really want a kid. <laughs> he
2: doesn't even know his name.
0: <laughs> all, all, all he wants to do is go back to his glory days, go back to saving the world and fighting aliens. Yes. And then the aliens invade so Dave might get his chance. And uh, th- this issue, Dave number three, it's the third one. There should be five, from what I understand, so or a nice middle point in the series. It's only going to be a five-issue round. Yep. Yeah. That is disappointing. It's, I mean, I'll take what I can get, because Dave is quite unlike anything else I've ever read. That, that's so true. That's, that's so true. It's
2: Phenomenal! If, if nobody has read this book, you need to read this book, and and that's coming from someone that's never read it before, never heard about it, never nothing. And and when you introduced me to this, I, I had no expectations.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Were. I didn't even want to give you like a plot summary or anything. I was just like, here's Dave. I just wanted to see what you thought. You know, what you thought going in, completely blind.
2: That that's the best way to do it. Then totally the best way to do it. Jump in with both feet and immerse yourself in the world that is big. Yeah. Okay. When I read the first issue, you, you sent me the the links to it. So from page one, from page one I was laughing. My wife was cooking dinner and I'm sitting there reading these books and I'm cracking up. Excellent writing. Excellent artwork. The artwork is in the vein of... Uh, Frank Whiteley, yeah. it, it looks so stylized like that, but so intricate. It's it's amazing the attention to detail and the amount of detail that was put in these books. Uh, and, and the first thing that came to mind was how can this not be mainstream? How can this not be more popular than it is now? Uh, the, the, the world building is, is awesome. It's, it's deleted, deleted, awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's got an excellent sense of humor. It's, it's not for
0: kids. It's it's for people like you and me. So oh, yeah, know. it's definitely, like, rated <laughs> R. You know, I think Comicsology even says 17+. plus. Yeah. Wow. You forgot the oil again, Dave. How can you forget the oil? <laughs> it's, I mean, Ryan Farrier, he just taps into that. I mean, because everyone everyone's had those times where they just yeah. they're they're just stuck they don't know they don't like anything they're doing with their life they don't want to do whatever it is they're doing they're stuck
2: his, his writing style just flows and, and when dave goes from sitting there at his desk uh being a desk jockey to uh daydreaming th- those were my favorite parts uh when he would daydream about uh kicking alien tail all throughout the galaxy or when the aliens are invading and he's standing there, and his wife's berating and stuff like that, it makes him feel like, like total dirt, like a rusty script. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he has this daydream of, of uh, grabbing this cannon and blowing the spaceship away, and saying all these cheesy, corny one-liners, and it, it just made the the book that much more I, lovable. It, it was good. I mean, it, issue two, uh, the the story totally. Lame. The humor and the fun stay there. It's just as good as the first. But with issue three, I mean, uh, the writing is still crisp. It's very refreshing. This is the best way I could describe it to my wife. And and she even thought it was kind of accurate. Uh, it has that new car smell that uh, most comics out now cannot create.
0: Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, the, the way I always describe it is it's the best comic I never knew I wanted. Oh because never, never in my wildest dreams would I be like, I want a comic about a robot with a midlife crisis <laughs> and there's aliens and it's and it's funny, but it's also really personal and kind of deep but it's also a little bit vulgar and it's got some super cool action scenes. Wow. Ne- never would I have said, you know, I need that comic. But like you say it now and you say it like you mean it and, and it's
2: true because for for ninety nine cents, you get you get twenty twenty
0: eight pages, I believe. Of yeah, I mean it's it's, it's uh, a it's a full size issue for ninety nine cents.
2: Yeah, no advertisements, no nothing, and even at the end, you get a page and a half of uh, of Ryan Ferry's own rants, and that's great to read too. Uh, the The second issue that has the uh, the letters page.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that yeah, was good. Just his responses to to things, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, the, the artwork is beautiful. I, I love Dallas and Ramon's artwork. It's, it's beyond scope. Some of the best I've ever seen in a line. Uh, the whole series is a canvas. It gets a 10 out of 10.
0: All the oh campus. yeah, I, I agree. 10 out of 10, writing, art, everything, 10 out of 10. Yeah, totally across the board. It they, Dave is, the first issue, I believe, came out in November, and it was on Connexology's end of the year, like, best of list, and for very good reason. Is it a bi-monthly or a uh Monkey Brain is kind of weird like that. It's kind of released whenever there's a new issue, because <laughs> it's all digital. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no deadlines, really, you know? All right. But it, it's kind of, it's sort of worked out to where it's about every six weeks or so. Well, that's not that. That's that's the healthy yeah. weight. And I mean, you you also have to remember these are guys. These, I mean, they aren't they aren't professional artists, really. They're just. I mean, Ryan has a job and he does all these other things, but like Dave, is the when Monkey Brain said, you know, tell the story you want to tell. Dave was that story. <laughs> and I, I'm so
2: glad that they're letting him.
0: Oh yeah, if I mean, if there's not a trade of Dave once the run's over like there have been for other in comics I will riot. <laughs> I will be out in the streets flipping over cars. <laughs> I
2: can hear the local news now. Yeah. It's a,
0: it's a one-man run. This man keeps shouting things about Dave and comics. Joke, joke. <laughs> but it's I don't know, Dave, is, it's just so personal, but it's hilarious, and it's sort of dark, but it's action-packed. It's just so many things. It, it needs to go
2: beyond five issues. There's got to be more to tell than five issues worth of stuff.
0: I, I'll I'll take five issues if I can get five issues. Yeah. But because six months ago, I didn't even know Dave was a, was a thing. I will take what I can get. <laughs> Very
2: true. Very
0: true. Alright, so what what else are you reading this week other than you know, Dave or Punisher Meets Archie? What else are you reading that you're kinda of digging on? Uh, what do I
1: have?
2: I've got a
1: stack
0: of
2: Marvel and New D C. Uh I've I've been out of comic for about a year, uh, about when, when the uh, first run of the podcast ended, uh, we, uh, my wife and I bought a house, uh, and we've been dealing with that and, uh, getting things settled in. I think we unpacked the last box like a month or two ago. Woo! (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I got my man cable set up. I got my guitar and my amp on one side of the room. I got my comic book posters and magic cards and my long boxes of the books. On the other side of the room, I got my desk uh, with all my action figures on it. And I've got a stack of books that I have to read. Uh, New Warriors number one is in that stack. I, I've heard good things about it. And I liked uh, the the last run they did during Civil War during the initiative.
1: Mm mm-hmm.
2: uh, so, so I'm kind of curious about that. New Warriors has always been like a personal favorite of mine uh, when, when Bagley did the original run in the 90s. I mean it was a candy book, it was a terrible book, but Bagley's artwork was awesome. And uh, then with uh, the New Warriors leading into the cause of Civil War and all this stuff, and, and now I'm curious to see what it is. I mean you've got Scarlet Spider in there, you've got Nova in there, uh, and a couple other characters. That, but I can't remember the name though. Right on me, but uh, I'm curious about that. Marvel now hasn't exactly told me. I don't mm. know, why. Um, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, and with the DC stuff, I, I I've heard nothing but great things about Animal Man. I'm trying to get into that. I'm trying to get back into Batman. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with it right now. I think it's Batman and Two Face or
0: something like that. It's, uh, that's because... Well, I guess you don't really, Uh... I, I know they were doing the Villains Month or something like that. It, well, what it is is... You, you know that Robin died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: So the yeah. last thing that I read was uh, right before... Uh,
0: Zero. Yeah, What's okay. Because I, I I think the Batman and Robin thing... Has now become Batman and insert other Batman character, hmm. and so that's probably where the Batman and Two Face thing is. I don't know. Yeah, but but I just I just went and I got uh, as much
2: new stuff as I could get my hands on within monetary concerns. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and I I'm fighting real hard to get back into bounds. Uh, I, I as you should. I loved the Summer of Valiant. When, when Valiant was coming out, uh, when I was writing really heavy on, on the blog, uh, I was pushing, pushing, pushing. I I loved the new Valiant. Echo Man of Manowar, Shadow Man, Archer and Armstrong, uh, Eternal Warrior. I, I did a review on the first issue of Eternal Warrior, gave a great review. Uh, Harbinger. Uh, it, it, it's all fantastic. They have not put out I, I think a bad series yet. I haven't read Quantum and Woody,
0: so I can't. I it's it's good. It's it's funny, but it's I mean it's you know it's like Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, I love Archer and Armstrong. So
2: I I really want to get back into that. And and with Image, the only thing that I'm reading with Image is uh, The Walking Dead, uh, that's only because my wife and I are rabid fans of the TV show. Uh, and, and I read the first uh six volumes previously. Uh,
0: so I'm trying to catch back up to that. Good luck. <laughs> it yeah. just never ends. Uh, yeah. I know
2: with the, the the newest episode, uh Sergeant Abraham Forge came in and and I knew he was a comic book character, but I had to look up who he was and, and by doing that I looked up his entire history and what happens to him and oh man, all that stuff so. that sucks <laughs> I don't care about foils though because I know the TV show deliberately does things different or yeah, does it yeah. the same but to different people yeah. so I'm good with that and I'm good with the fact that my wife is so immersed in as much of the comic book world as she can be, or in as much of the
0: culture as she's allowing herself yeah, I mean that's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, what what's on the- your pull What do you? Mean? Uh, well, last week I really dug un- Undertow number one from Image. Uh, I-, I did a review on the blog. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's about uh, Atlantis is the only world superpower. Humans are still basically cavemen, and but there's this you know kind of mythic mythic guy who's who's uh a, an atlantean separatist and he wants to live on the surface and so he's trying to find this like mythic creature called the amphibian who holds the the secret to breathing air and the world just really developed and i love that and i really love the first issue so i'm interested to see where they go see with with all of that new stuff uh they really have
2: to do good world building. Oh, so the world
0: building is phenomenal. If, if they just throw you in the middle of it and expect you to know what's going on, it's doomed to fail. The world building is phenomenal. All the political hierarchy, the uh, technology, everything just seems like there's, you know, hundreds and thousands of years of history behind it. Nice. It's very well thought out, I think. Nice. What else are you there's a lot of image stuff. I'm, I'm a big Invincible fan, which is, you know, Kurtman's other book, so to speak. I have never read a single issue. It's good. I mean, I, it's a bold claim, but I would say Invincible is the best superhero book in the last ten years. Really? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's good. It's at 108 issues, give or take, right now.
2: For, from my understanding, uh, he says that uh, any characters
0: that die, stay dead. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just like The Walking Dead. Every, everything is always just insane. Wow. <laughs> but I love Invincible. There's Invincible Universe now, which is a spinoff series. And I'm, I'm digging that because I love Invincible and the world that it's in. And, and Invincible Universe Incorporated. It's, it's, it's sort of like, like there's Invincible and he's basically, you know, if we're going to use like a Justice League reference, like Invincible Superman and Invincible Universe looks at the rest of the Justice League, right. they, you know how how they interact with each other, different missions they go on, so on and so forth. Right. And uh, man, there's a lot of stuff I'm reading. I, I'm not I'm not real big on Marvel and DC. Like Animal Man's good, Batman's good. I don't really do too much with Marvel. Avengers Arena, I was really digging. But uh, that. They're just so disappointing. I mean, like, they're on top, and, and it seems like they just put out junk. Well, one thing I am very excited for, though, is the new Ghost Rider comic. <sighs> Dude, I, have you seen the art, though? Have you seen the art? No, I, 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 I've only heard that it's coming out. I haven't seen Go go to like C- CBR or something to start looking forward for that thing.
2: Who can they have to a Ghost Rider now? I mean, they the the, the last series that they did uh, it was Johnny Blades again, and they had a great arc up until about halfway through, and then it just went to crap.
0: It, it, it's it's a new Ghost Rider. It's a new character. Okay. And instead of like a motorcycle, he has a '69 Dodge Challenger. Oh my. God. No, dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, it, looks, it looks so good. Um, oh. The art alone is worth, you know, two ninety nine. <laughs> with three pages of story and twenty four pages of hand. Dude, I'm I'm okay with him just drawing like <laughs> that kid racing the Dodge Challenger for like twenty pages. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm down with it. Wow. But uh yeah, ghostwriter, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of stuff coming out of Dark Horse that I'm, that I'm really liking right now. The the only thing
2: that I've read
0: from any new Dark Horse is the, the revamp of X.
2: And uh, I was not as pleased with it as I thought I was going to be. I, I read the first three issues, I think,
0: and I had to put it down. I See, I'm not familiar with the original X series. The original X. The original X was awesome right up until they canceled it.
2: And w- when they canceled it, it was like they found out four or five issues before the end, and then they had to hurry up and do a bunch of stuff to... Yeah, that wrap it uh, all up. And, yeah, and, and it sucked. But uh, everything
0: up to that point was really good. I, I mean, I, I'd rather think the first three issues of it, and I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't have uh, previous knowledge either, so I don't have anything to compare it to.
2: I, I loved it. The
0: only Quisada, uh autograph I had is uh, uh, the work he did on uh, X number six. Okay. Okay. Uh, I could talk about my, what I'm reading all night long. We should probably move on from that. Cause I, I could see her all night and just talk about what I'm reading, but Let, let's not do that. <laughs> All right. Let's so, our, yeah, our, our weekly distraction, our top five titles. Well, before we get into that, let's. Uh, do you want to talk about the the two apps? Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, two <laughs> apps. I forgot about that for the phone. Go ahead with with yours first. Yours is a uh,
2: way more interesting than mine.
0: Okay. So there's there's actually. It's, Two apps, really, but the same deal. One of them is just free, and one of them is, you have to pay ninety nine cents.
2: Now, now it's the Android market,
0: right? Yes, this is on the Android marketplace, the Google Play Store, whatever, whatever it's called. Yeah. And the the free one is called Poop Salary, and the paid one is called Poop Break. And, and
2: what does this app do?
0: It it tracks how much, like you input how much money you make per hour or per <laughs> year or whatever, and then you time how long you're in the bathroom, and it tells you how much money you've made while using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you, you go to work, and you go to the bathroom, and you, you know, hit start, and then when you're done, you hit stop, <laughs> and you just earned two bucks or something. <laughs> 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 that,
2: uh, quite possibly has to be the coolest
0: app I have ever heard of. I, I actually heard about it from, uh, a guy that I met at a con who does uh, some web <laughs> comics and stuff, and he was telling me about. He's like, "Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like two hundred bucks with this so far." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Yes, I need this." Sit by the can. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and it's free. The, the poop
2: calculator.
0: Yeah, poop salary, salary, poop salary is free. Poop break <laughs> is a paid one. You have to pay ninety nine cents. My, mine's
2: nowhere near as cool as that, uh, but, but I think it's cool on its own. Um, it's an app called Zedge. uh, if nobody's ever heard of it, it's on the Android market, and I believe it's on the, uh, in the iStore too, I, I could be wrong. Uh, but the whole point of it is, is all of cool backgrounds that you see that people have on their phones, or in the C ring phones, or, uh, text message, uh, notifications that they have. Uh, I, I know some people make their own. Uh, but with Zedge, it is, it is uh, it's a uh, community collection of all of that stuff. Like, uh, I've, I've got, uh, Spider-Man backgrounds, Moonlight backgrounds, uh, Justice League, uh, my favorite bands, ATDZ, Rage Against Machines, stuff like that. And I switch them out all the time with Zedge. It's a free download. Uh, all the apps, or all the, uh, the wallpapers, and the ringtones, and the text notifications are free. Uh, I, I, I that you you can get everything from from sounds from your favorite movies to uh, the, uh, songs that you like, stuff like that. Like I have uh, the whole line of uh, <clears throat> from Safe Vault where Dark Helmet and Colonel Sanders are talking about being in being in now. We're now now. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's cool. It, it's a, it's a good thing to have. Kind of makes my life a little
0: easier. But that is kind of cool. So it's basically it's like a big collection of wallpapers and stuff that's it's, pretty cool
2: yeah like my my start screen on my phone is uh the cover to amazing spider-man number 100 got that off the edge uh, and then you go into the main background and it's the cover for ultimate spider-man uh 160 uh the death of spider-man that's okay. my favorite. yeah ringtone is a death punk from tron legacy which everybody hates but i love of course <laughs> <laughs> and then like I said before they for for text film. but it's pretty I dig it
0: that's pretty cool I like that
2: now we can go into our <laughs> weekly
0: distraction yes our weekly distraction <laughs> our top five titles you want to start uh, with your number five
2: okay so it's the <laughs> top five titles of all time
0: and and any top five list is subjective it's yeah. subjective to the person that makes it and, I mean, we both probably forgot a title that we, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But but what I like to do,
2: especially with stuff like this, is, is I, I play cards on Thursday nights. Uh, my wife is gracious enough to let me have a bunch of my friends over and we sit down and we play Magic for, for three to four hours. Uh, and then we roleplay, uh, usually either World of Darkness or Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd edition, which is what I grew up with. And we do that until three or four in the morning. Uh, depending. But I brought this to the guys on Thursday. And, and I got all kinds of different responses from them on uh, what they thought was was a top five title of all time, what they thought you needed to read, what they thought you needed to stay away from. And, and that's pretty much where I got my list. And I'll start at the bottom first. Number five would be Infinity Golf Life. Okay. Now it's a mini series. It's only six issues, uh, but it, it, w- it was I, I think one of the biggest things to come out of the 90s, You know, it, it, it was Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and his his total and complete obsession with death and and what he did for six issues and what the, the rest of the Marvel Universe had to do to try and put a stop to him I think anybody who's read comics for more than a year has has taken a whiff of Infinity Gauntlet and, and if you haven't is uh, definitely something to read especially now with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming out and uh, Donald supposing to be, be a major part of that uh, number four for me would have to be the granddaddy of the uh, yearly crossover, Secret Wars, 12 issues, uh, spawned a toy line, really kind of started as a big event. I, I mean, DC had Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is equal in comparison to that, but, but I think Secret Wars is a little bit more because never before had, had all of those characters, both good and bad, been, been put in one title like that before, and then forced to fight each other for the amusement of the beyonder just to see what would or wouldn't happen. I, I mean, lots of good things came up. Uh, the, the breaking of Captain America's shield, uh, the, the alien symbiote suit uh, for Spider-Man, uh, and, and the list goes on and on. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite uh, newer names here. 1985 starts off with what's going on in Secret Wars. I mean, it's it's that influential of a title. Uh, Moving forward with that, my number three would have to be, uh, it's an ongoing, and it would have to be Batman from the New 52. Uh, That, I think, uh, revitalized what the New 52 is trying to go for uh, because I, I think with with Action Comics and with Superman, DC kind of faltered there. And, and other titles like Swamp Thing and Animal Man and Justice League even, and, and even Aquaman kind of found their own pitch. But Batman is the one that kind of shot up to the forefront for me. I mean, with Rick and Poole's artwork and Scott Snyder's words it's, it's a phenomenal, fantastic, ultra-amazing, awesome, mega-cool title that everybody needs to be reading from... Uh, Word of storyline, death of the family, uh zero Year, and, and whatever's going on now, which I've beaten the drum to get back into. It is <laughs> it is the title to read. Uh, above all, I, I think you need to be reading New Fifty Two from that. Yeah. But my number one my my number one and, and this was the consensus uh around the entire table. And uh, the the one title that you have to read if you're gonna read comic books, if you're gonna read anything, and again it's subjective, but but I think that this is pretty much it. If you're gonna read anything and you really want to get into what comic books are all about, Watchmen. Okay. okay. Ten, three. Yeah. Watchmen. Alan Moore's work and and, and Gibbons' work on that uh, redefined what the entire industry was about. It, it showed that, I, I mean, like like before, you know, they, they were still working on that. They were still striving to, to show comic books as, as a significant uh, medium in, in the industry. A significant uh, spot in the literature. And, and people, even today, still have their reservations about that. But Watchmen showed that a comic book could tell one hell of a story over the course of a year and just all my six
1: pages
2: I think that the first time I read Watchmen uh, uh, was when my son. uh, uh, But she went into labor. The rest is history. And while she's sleeping there in in her hospital bed, I'm sitting next to the window reading Watchmen. And I read it the the three days that we were there, and and I fell in love with it. Totally amazing. Alan Moore's artwork, or or his his writing, as crazy as he may be, like when he puts pen to paper and he really means it, it, it turns into to perfection, like like V for Death and uh, The Killing Joke, and Watchmen, I mean, it's beyond
0: comparison, and I'll drop the mic to you. That, that was actually, it was a little bit different than what I thought your list would be, <laughs> but it was still pretty consistent with the flavor I thought it would be. What did you think I was going to ask? I mean, I I figured there'd be a lot of big, you know, Marvel and DC stories. Watchmen, though, was the number one. That that was unexpected, I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. I had to put Spider-Man in there. If if you know me already from the podcast before, uh,
2: Spider-Man is is my absolute all-time favorite character. But I am willing to concede his number one
0: hole for something that is definitely better than Oh yeah, Watchmen is just bigger than the entire superhero genre, really. Yes. Absolutely. What okay. The, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? All right. So my number five. Uh, I actually went back and forth with this a couple of times, and at, at first I was thinking uh, the Hush arc from Batman, oh, because that was good. because that was what got me back into comics in high school. Believe it or not, that's the first story arc I had my daughter read for for Batman. I mean, that that was what got me, because I checked it out from the local library when I was, I think, 16. And that's when I was like, man, I forgot how much I liked comics. And so that's what got me back into it. But so. but what, it, what I did end up going with number five is Sandman. Because nice. Neil Gaiman is Neil Gaiman and Sandman is Sandman, and those are just some fantastic comics.
2: I've never read them, uh, but I what
0: <laughs> what <would. laughs> I have a friend. Uh, All right, we're gonna stop this podcast right now. <laughs>
2: so, so while you're watching the
0: Spider-Man, trailer, yeah, I
2: have to read Sandman.
0: <laughs> he he was
2: really into Sandman, like that was his comic book. He always had Sandman comics flying around.
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, it, Sandman was just. I mean, it, it went on for just books and books and books and it's so varied and different and the story is just so grand and all-encompassing while being just really personal and kind of focused on dream. Wow. But, uh, it's wonderful. No, number four is Invincible, which I talked briefly about earlier. Yeah. And my claim that it's the best superhero comic in the last ten years. Because Kirkman, and uh it was, oh, God, it's Ryan Otley now. But who did, I can't remember who did the first six issues of Invincible. But Ryan Otley's done it for a hundred, so it's basically his book.
2: And, and like I said, I've, I've never read Invincible either.
0: And it's just... The the first the first couple arcs are about, you know, he starts out as a 16-year-old just coming to terms with all his powers and everything that's going on in the world. And as the book goes on over the course of, you know, 10 years, wow. he matures and he grows and he realizes that, yeah, he can save the world or he can destroy it and he has to really think about his decisions. Wow, that, that kind of reminds
2: me of... Uh Irredeemable, but but like the beginning stages of that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Irredeemable is good. Uh, number three is Five Ghost, which is a fairly new entry into everything from Image Comics. Five Ghost, uh, Master Thief Fabian Gray. Can He has powers granted to him by five literary ghosts, Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, Robin Hood, uh, it? Mus- Musashi, and Merlin. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kind of. <laughs> and so he uses all those powers to steal things around the world and just generally do cool stuff, but he also is trying to find the one thing he can't steal, which is the way to get his sister back. And wow, so it's it's very good. If you're a fan fan of uh, classic literature, it's really cool seeing all the little references and the little you know allusions that Frank Barbier throws in there. Nice. What do you have for your number two? Uh, DMZ from Brian Wood, nice. Vertigo, and some assorted artists. I want to read that. D- DMZ is uh, I think it's been ended for what a year, year and a half now, something like that. And it was one of those books that I was late to the game on. But I, I started buying trades and, you know, reading some digital and stuff. And I, and I read, I caught up to it when there was one issue left. Oh. And so I read, I think there were 60 issues and I read issue 59. And I realized there was one issue left and I had to wait an entire month for it. Oh, And so I, I just blasted through all this stuff and then I had to wait for the ending. And it's, I mean, it's it's a wonderful story because the character Matty, Matty Ross, he's the central character. A lot of people say he's not very well-developed, which I think is kind of the point because it allows you to insert yourself in his place. Right. So you get to, you know, you get to be. What What's that? What is the premise of the interview? Uh There's a kind of second Civil War between some separatist factions, in the Midwest and stuff. And it ends up with the uh, U.S. government proper being confined to the East Coast, more or less. And New York City is like a DMZ between the U.S. government proper and the new nation that kind of separated from them.
2: Wow. Holy yeah. not what
0: I thought it was going to be. And so, and so Matty Ross, he gets dropped into New York, Uh, as as a journalist and things just go crazy the helicopter blows up people get killed and so rather than coming home he stays in the city and he you know keeps writing and he keeps recording and and it just goes from there and it spins out into year's worth of stories of him you know him researching all these like urban legends in the dmz and Seeing how they live and getting involved in all these local politics and all this crazy stuff—that has me entirely intrigued. I'm a big Brian Wood fan, but I think that might that I mean that's my favorite work of his. I really enjoy it. And now, now I'm curious to hear what your number one is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. totally my cool. my number one is Sweet Tooth from Jeff Lemire, which is why Gus the main character in Sweet Tooth is one of my two commission commission requests.
2: I know I'm
0: going to get stones uh, thrown at... No, it's, it's fine. Uh, Sweet Tooth, it's... <laughs> uh, it's, it's a post, post, post-apocalyptic post tale and the uh, gut is uh, there's this disease and it kills all the people or it kills a lot of people and those that it hasn't killed it eventually does. But because of that disease, all these, they call them hybrids. They're like half human kids, half animal kids. Like Gus is a little boy, but he has deer antlers. And there's another kid, Bobby, who's a groundhog kid, and he has claws and big teeth and stuff. Wow. But <laughs> uh, but the humans, you know, they fear the hybrids because they, they associate them with the sickness of killing everyone. Until so they hunt him and they try to dissect him and figure out how to cure the sickness and all this other stuff. And so the premise of Sweet Tooth is the fact that, you know, Gus is all alone in the world and there's this big scary man, Jeopard, who's actually based off of, uh based off of an aging Frank Castle, an aging Punisher. Wow. And he he kind of takes Gus under his wing and. You know, he betrays him at first and he comes back for him and he, you know, they journey across America and he kind of takes care of them and they, in the end, it's a happy story. But along the way, there's a lot of just death and just terrible things. I um, dig the, uh, the, the, the post apocalyptic story. It's, it's a good one. And I think, and Sweet Tooth is, it, it, I mean, there's a lot to it. There's some environmental themes. There's, you know, love and hate, family. I mean, Jeff Lemire, his son is named Gus. I don't know which Gus came first, his son or the Gus in the comic, <laughs> but I think it says a lot about how much that book meant to him that his son is named <laughs> Gus. He, with with the post-apocalyptic type storylines, if if they're done
2: correctly, they, that is some of the best. Uh, world-building and character-driven stories you'll ever read. I know it can be kind of depressing uh, to, to read about the end of the world and stuff like that, but just to watch the journey that those characters take and what they have to go through can be so uh, worthwhile just just to see what they have to do anyway. At least with me, you kind of imagine yourself in their room.
0: What would you yeah. do,
2: you know, in, in that position?
0: And I mean, the thing about Sweet Tooth is that in the beginning, Gus is just this scared, helpless little kid, yeah. and Jepperd is, you know, he's ultimately out to do... He, no. I mean, he, he's a bad guy, but he has good intentions in the beginning. <laughs> kind and of it, like the Lattice? <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but he he does a bad thing, but he does it for a very good reason.
2: Well, see, with your recommendation
0: with Dave, I mean,
2: Sweet Tooth can't be anything...
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's... But the fact that, like, over the course of 40 issues, Gus goes from this helpless little kid to, in the last issue, he's, you know, this patriarch of a hybrid utopia, basically. Right. And Jeopard goes from this scary man who who does bad things to like almost you know a legend. And there's a lot of character growth, and there's a lot of good human interaction, and there's just so much real feeling to it. Right.
1: Before we end it, do you have any honorable
0: mentions? Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Hush was one, but I touched on that. Yeah. And it's not really a—it's not really a comic book, but there's a web comic that is my favorite thing, Space Mullet. <laughs> and it's—it sounds ridiculous, but it's just so good.
2: Uh, honorable mention for me—it's it's a double dose of uh, uh, the voice by Ennis. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, yeah, and, and Preacher. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I, I'm in the middle of Preacher right now. And and that is, is some of the best stuff that that I've ever read. I mean, it, it was a real fight to not put it on here. But uh, like what Ennis is, is what he did at Preacher and the fact that it is going to become a television show on A&B, uh, it's,
0: it's good stuff. Oh, good yeah. Stuff. Pre- Preacher is very, very good. I agree.
2: Well, all right, man. We have uh, taken it beyond our time limit. But
0: uh, before
2: we close it out, you got
0: anything else you want to leave
2: our viewers with?
0: Our listeners, uh, say? I think that's about it. I just hope they enjoy this first episode of Hopefully Many.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. The format's going to probably change a couple times as uh, we get comfortable with each other and you guys get comfortable with us. But if you stick around, be doing this every week. Yep. All right. And with that, don't forget to take a look at uh, the website ThatchMyComics.com. We have an awesome blog on there. The two featured articles currently are the webcomic review of Ego Trip number one and two. I believe that's by you, Leo. Yep. Uh, and uh, the new flash for Monkey Brain to release Headspace in March. Also, we have Geek Cinema, as always, where Tom talks about uh, the thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Crowdfunding flashes is every Wednesday. The one that's up right now is Tangled Weeds. Go support indie comics, guys. Also, take a look at some of the other reviews that Leo's put up. Uh, the advanced review of Undertow, number one. Uh, Go-Getters, number one. Uh, my Back Issue uh, to the Future article for Spawn vs. Uh, Batman. Uh, also, t- uh, take a look at Leo's SNC Correspondent Report for Wizard World in New Orleans. We touched on that a little bit here, uh, but you can read all Leo had to do there on the website, mycomics.com. Don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash dash my comics. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you want us to do, good or bad. We are open to it all. Also, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash dash my comics. Hit us up there. Say hi. Let us know, and don't forget to hit up the forums in dashmythomics.com. Got a great community in there. Would love to get to know you. Would love to help you out with any questions that you have, and we love to discuss. So don't be afraid. With that, Leo, we are out of here.